This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. I'm talking about simply how to share your faith. I want to ask you this question. Who led you to the Lord Jesus Christ? Think for just a moment. Who was the person that got you thinking after death, then what? Who was it that got you thinking, how can I get to heaven when I die? Who was the person? Maybe that person, their image is coming to your mind right now. Was it a mom? Was it her dad? Was it a brother or sister? Was it a grandmother or a grandfather, an uncle or an aunt? Was it a local pastor? Think about it for a moment. Who was it that introduced you to Jesus Christ? And so I want to ask you this. Are you glad they did? What if they were a little bit shy, a little bit timid? Are you glad they just pushed on and witnessed to you? Maybe they were really afraid, but they loved God so much and they loved you that they shared with you no matter what they felt. So the question is this. You've been saved. You may be in this situation in a homeless shelter right now where there's a lot of help if you'll follow their program. Memphis Union Mission is a wonderful place. Amen? But here's the question. If you're a child of God, are you a witness? Now, when I say are you a witness, I'm not talking about maybe something that you've seen and I've seen, something you've experienced and I've experienced, about someone who almost seemed like they're mad at you, telling you you're going to go to hell if you don't repent and turn, you're going to burn. I'm not talking about that. I don't believe people who do that, I don't think necessarily they're led by the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, self-control. It's not angry with you. So what is a witness? If you are a child of God, even if you don't witness, you can begin because you have something to witness about. You say, what is that? You are a child of God. Tell your story of what happened. Who led you to Christ? Where were you? What was your life like prior to believing the Lord Jesus Christ? What is your life like now? What's your plans for the future? So if you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Acts chapter 1. We know this as Acts of the Apostles. This is what happened right after Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. What happened to the people? Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is what we're going to look at. There's also other verses that we're going to look at, but I want us to look at this verse primarily on how to share your faith. I'll begin reading Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus speaking here, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. He didn't say maybe. He said you shall be. Listen, when you become a child of God, the Spirit of God comes in you. My friend, listen, you may not be witnessing, but you can be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, died one time for all sins. That means even sins in the future he died for. That's the reason we know we're truly born again, because he died one time for all sins. You say that is impossible because the sins were not committed yet. 
Remember this, God is omniscient. He knows everything. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he knew when you would be born. The Bible says he knows how many hairs are on your head. And the Bible says he has a number ordained for you when one day you'll close your eyes and you'll pass from this life. He knows everything. He knows every good thing you do. He knows every sinful thing that you do. And he sent his son Jesus to the cross there in Jerusalem, a place called Golgotha, Calvary, Mount Calvary. And what did he do? Jesus Christ took the sin of the whole world from Adam to the last person that'll ever be born. And he died one time for all sin forever and ever and ever. That's how you and I can be saved, even though Jesus Christ died over 2,000 years ago. It's because God knows everything. Long before we were born, God knew me and you. Many times, and I've told you this before, people will ask me where I'm from, especially when I'm in New York City. And the reason is because I have somewhat of a strong southern drawl. And so they'll say, where are you from? And I'll say, I'm from the same place that you're from. And they'll laugh at me because they're thinking, you can't be where I'm from because you sound so different. And I'll say, I'm from the mind of God. Where are you from? And that opens up a witnessing opportunity, my friend. We're all from the same place. It doesn't matter what color you are. We're all from the mind of God, my friend. Or we could not be here. Amen? So Jesus is resurrected by the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that lives in you and lives in me to do the witnessing is the same Holy Spirit that went into Jesus' dead body. He was both God and man. He went in and raised him up on the third day, just like Jesus said would happen. And then the Bible says that he ascended from the Mount of Olives and he ascended up into heaven and they saw him go up bodily. Jeff Patrick and I just last year, we've actually been to the Mount of Olives, the place where Jesus ascended bodily and he went to heaven and the Bible says he's coming back. Mark it down. Jesus is coming back. Everything the Bible has ever predicted, prophesied about Jesus. My friend, listen, it has happened and he is coming back and me personally, 2023, I believe Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. I believe he's coming very soon. The world is out of order because of Satan and his demons and because of sin. He is coming back. That makes me feel more urgent to share the gospel, to hand out gospel tracts before it's too late. That's what drives me by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said this before he left. He said, look, I'm not going to leave you here as orphans. I'm going to come again. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And he's not only going to be with you, he's going to be in you. You're the glove. The Holy Spirit is the hand. The hand controls the glove. The glove does not control the hand. You're the glove. He's the hand. Don't get it backwards. You'll notice your life will just not make sense anymore when you're trying to drive the car of your life instead of letting the Holy Spirit of God drive the car of your life. Say no to me and yes to him over and over and over again until you do this without thinking. That is the key. Now, what are the reasons we should share our faith? Now, if you'll notice when I come down here, I talk to you as if you are a child of God because this is what I believe. 
I believe the majority in here is truly a child of God as equally as I am. But you've got some things that are holding you down. You've got some ways of thinking that are holding you down. I understand that. But I still believe when you die, you're going to heaven. But I also know in a crowd like this that there may be someone who's yet to believe. And in a moment, we're going to look at a verse that says foolishness. You may be foolish and think that what I'm speaking on right now is foolish. You may be here because you can't wait for me to shut up so you can start eating lunch. And you think, you're just foolish. I wouldn't be listening to you if there was no food coming. All right. I'm also talking to you this morning, too. All right. What are the reasons we should share our faith? Well, it is commanded by our Lord. Again, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He didn't say, maybe you will be witnesses. He said, you shall be my witnesses. You shall be witnesses to me. So one of the reasons we should share our faith is because it is commanded by our Lord. Another reason, it is possible by the Holy Spirit. You say, I can't. Well, God also says you can't. He never said that you could. But he always said that he would in and through you by the Holy Spirit. Think about, again, who led you to Christ? Were they nervous? Did the Holy Spirit push them? Go witness to that man. Don't give up. Get over your fears. Keep going. Aren't you glad? They did. So it is commanded by our Lord, and it is possible by the Holy Spirit. Again, verse 8, Jesus said this, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. My friend, listen, that happened over 2,000 years ago. That's already happened. The Holy Spirit has already come. Since that moment, Jesus died, was buried, was raised, ascended to heaven by the right hand of the Father, and sent the Holy Spirit to the earth to live inside of His children. Since that moment, He's no longer walking alongside of us. He's living in and through us. So therefore, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to witness. That's another reason we should witness. Not only that, we are motivated by our love for God. I want to ask you, do you love God? You may think, how can I love God in the situation that I am in? I wish that you could travel with me. I've been able to go all over the world, and I'm grateful. I've been to Africa more than 20-something times, Nigeria, Ethiopia, and mainly Kenya. My friend, listen, you've got it wonderful even in your situation now, compared to many people in Africa, I mean, I saw some tough things. It breaks my heart. I'm just telling you, you're in the most perfect place to take a deep breath and say, beginning today, I'm going to love God with my whole heart, and I'm going this way with God, and I'm never going back the other way. It is your choice. It's an exercise of your will. We're motivated by the fact that God has saved me. He's given me a home in heaven. I was marching towards hell, but now I'm born again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And if it wasn't for God, none of this could have happened. I love God. And that motivates me to move towards others and tell them what has happened to me by God and His Word. So listen to what Jesus says about loving him. This is in John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said this, talking to me and you also, because it's in the scripture written by the Holy Spirit to all of us. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. 
What did I say earlier? We're commanded to be witnesses for him. And he's empowered us by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. There's only one thing left. You have to surrender your human will to his control and obey his command to tell other people about Jesus wherever you go. Another reason we should share our faith, all people are born separated from God. Have you noticed you don't have to teach a child how to misbehave? You have to teach a child how to behave. They're born, according to the word of God, dead in their trespasses and sins. That's the reason they act out. That's the reason they sin. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Listen to this. This is talking about all of us. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. That includes the preacher. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. 1 Corinthians 2.14, listen to this by the Apostle Paul. But the natural man, you say, who's the natural man? It's all of us from the time we're born until we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're the natural man. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why is this? Now listen to me if you're here and you're still without Christ. You're still the natural man and you don't have a home in heaven. I love you, so listen. It says here, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. If you think what I'm teaching this morning is foolishness, and that if I would just hush up, we could eat. My friend, listen. You're without Christ. After death, then what? Be careful. My friend, listen, you don't want to die without Christ. He's already died for you. He's been moving towards you. He's done all that he'll do, waiting on you to surrender to him. And so the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You ever been in a car that had a GPS system? a global positioning system. You put your address in, you click go, and it guides you right to where you want to go. But on a cloudy day, or if something's wrong and you keep losing uh, the satellite connection and you quit getting directions, you think, I don't know where to go. I don't know whether to turn left or turn right. I don't know which way to go. I mean, I'm waiting until it gets reconnected. Listen, my friend, if you're not in Christ and Christ is not in you, you're still the natural man, and you don't have a home in heaven. Don't die without Christ. A child of God is led by the Spirit of God because he's in Christ, and Christ is in him. Another reason we should share our faith is because we have a testimony. If you are a child of God, you do have a testimony. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, listen to this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, remember, Peter and John now have the Holy Spirit living in them. They're not just walking with Jesus. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, is now living in them. And so there was a boldness that they had in proclaiming the gospel. And it says, when they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, listen, uneducated, untrained, Peter and John, but they were bold. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was living in them. When they saw that, they marveled. The people watched them because they knew that they had been 
with Jesus. My friend, listen, if you're a child of God, you have a testimony. Again, in Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. They told them to hush up. But listen to what Peter and John, listen how they answered. They said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In other words, they couldn't quit talking about Jesus. They had walked and talked with him. They watched him nailed. Peter had denied him three times in the cock road. And now he's risen. And they're thinking everything that he said is true. And they were speaking boldly about the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when you're a child of God and he's living in you, you find yourself wanting to tell other people what has happened to you. Not only that, people will ask you, what is it that makes you tick? Why are you the way you are? First Peter three fifteen says this, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. People should so see Christ in you that they want to know, why are you the way that you are? They sense there's hope in you. And that hope, my friend, listen, is by the Holy Spirit in you. Another reason we should share our faith, the Bible's clear on this. God is not willing that any should what? Perish. Listen, I love you, so listen. If you're here today and you see everything that I'm saying and the scriptures I'm reading and you see it as this just foolishness, let's go eat. Listen. It's God's desire that you do not perish with that mindset, which is the mindset of the natural man. God does not want you to perish, my friend, without him. After death, then what? Think about it again. Who led you to the Lord? Think about it. Are you glad that they did? Are you glad that they weren't too busy? Are you glad that they got over their nervousness to share Christ with you? There was a man named Edward Kimball. He's what we would call a layman in the church. That means he was not an ordained pastor. Uh, he was not necessarily a preacher who has a strong desire to speak for. He was a simple man. His name was Edward Kimball, and he was nervous about sharing his faith. But the Holy Spirit in him was nudging him, prompting him to share his faith to a young shoe salesman that worked in the store where he worked. That shoe salesman his name was Dwight L. Moody, and he wasn't saved. He was a young man. He was selling shoes. Edward Kimball, who nobody really knows, felt like, I'm supposed to share. I'm supposed to witness to this young man. He witnessed to him. He prayed to receive Christ. And Dwight L. Moody went on to become one of the greatest evangelists in his day. He was like Billy Graham, but in Dwight L. Moody's day, he was like the Billy Graham of that era because Edward Kimball, nervous though he was, the Holy Spirit said, witness to him. He did. Moody believed and became a worldwide evangelist. But you know, a lot of people don't know the rest of the story. And so I'm going to read a portion to you that tells some other things that happened because Edward Kimball, though he was nervous, he shared his faith with Dwight L. Moody. Listen to some other things that happened as a result. Dwight L. Moody went to England and worked a profound change in the ministry of a man named F.B. Meyer. 
F.B. Meyer, with his new evangelistic fervor, influenced J. Wilbur Chapman. Chapman helped in the ministry of converted baseball player Billy Sunday, who had a profound impact on a man named Mordecai Ham. And Mordecai Ham holding a tent revival. Remember the tent revival we used to do here at the Memphis Union Mission every year? Mordecai Ham holding a tent revival in North Carolina led Billy Graham to Christ. It all started with a man named Edward Kimball that nobody knows getting over his nervousness and moving forward and telling Dwight L. Moody about the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? Those are the reasons, and they're just some, that we should share our faith. Second thing I want us to look at is this. What are the reasons we do not share our faith? What are the reasons? Well, we're not sure that we're saved. Many of God's children doubt their salvation. And when you're not sure that you truly are saved, you're just not going to witness. I would say the number one problem that a child of God goes to his pastor with, I'm just simply not sure that I'm truly saved. My friend, listen, that'll paralyze you in life in many ways, and especially witnessing to others when you're not sure that you're born again. So not only not sure of your salvation, but also a fear of rejection. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to think I'm foolish. A fear of rejection. I struggle with that in my own life. I was in my mid-20s, I think. I was working for the railroad. I used to be a railroad engineer in the Mississippi Delta. Prior to God calling me into ministry, I've been in Memphis ever since. There were two men in proximity to me when I worked on the railroad that the Holy Spirit kept saying, Chris, I want you to share with them Christ and Him crucified. I want you to witness to them. I didn't know how, number one. I didn't doubt my salvation. Mainly for me, I just didn't know how. I really had never shared my faith. But the Holy Spirit, some people call Him the hound from heaven. He stayed after me lovingly saying, Chris, go share with Him. Well, one of these men that God's Spirit was telling me to share with, he was a young, middle-aged black man. He was a very loud, boisterous, he cursed a lot, he was very angry, and he argued at the drop of a hat, he would argue. And God's leading me to share Christ with him, and there's a part of me, I'm thinking, I think if I try, it's going to start an argument. And so I was shy, and I was timid, and I held back, and I never shared Christ with him. Later on, he got sickle cell anemia, and he passed away. To this day, that haunts me. God specifically said, Chris, go share your faith with him. I did not do it because I was afraid of rejection, and he died without Christ. There was another time when I worked for the railroad. There was a man. He worked in one of the depots with the railroad, and this man was an older man, close to retirement, but he was very ill. He was in the hospital. I don't know what the illness was, but I was told by another man who worked for the railroad that he went to visit him in the hospital, and the hospital room smelled horrible. So whatever his sickness was, he was basically deteriorating, and the room had a horrible smell. And the Holy Spirit was saying, Chris, go to that hospital, share Christ with him before it's too late. I was afraid that if I walked in there and smelled it, that I may get sick at my stomach, and I just kept putting it off. 
And then one day I heard he passed away. That man's face is in my mind. And the middle-aged black man's face is in my mind. God said, Chris, go share with him. And both of those, I did not do it. And it still bothers me to this day. Am I forgiven? Absolutely, I'm forgiven of all my sins. But I can tell you what, when God prompts me to witness now, I say, yes, Lord. No matter what I feel, I'll just say, Chris, you got to get over it. Go. And so fear of rejection causes us not to share our faith. And then another big one. You feel guilty about a specific sin in your life that you won't let go. That guilty feeling comes to your mind at the same time God is saying, go witness to that person. But then you remember this sin that God tells me to let go of, and I'm not letting go of it. I feel guilty. And so therefore, I don't want to be a hypocrite. And so therefore, I just don't share my faith. My friend, how many people do you think may be going to hell because you wouldn't follow through on what the Holy Spirit was prompting you to do? My friend, listen, one of the reasons I carry these wherever I go is because at least I can do this. God bless you. Even if I walk away or if I have to get somewhere quickly, I'll sometimes I'll say, everything I would like to say to you right now is in this track. God bless you. Have a lovely day. And then I walk away. Or either if I'm not in a big hurry, I'll sit down and talk with them if I can tell that they are willing to do that. To do nothing haunts me. And I pray the Holy Spirit will cause it to haunt all of us and anybody that may listen to this. And so... Sometimes the reason we don't share is because we feel guilty about something in our life and we say, I just can't be a hypocrite. And then another reason we don't share our faith is we simply don't know how. Nobody's ever showed me how. And for a long time in my life, I did not know how to share my faith. But the good thing is this. I had a good friend in seminary. We were roommates. His name was John Compeer. He's now pastor of First Baptist in uh, Portisville, Missouri. And his dad was a pastor. So when I walked into his room, we both had adjoining rooms uh, upstairs in this house. But when I walked in his room, he had so many books that his dad had given him because his dad was a longtime pastor. And so I wasn't jealous, but I was almost jealous. But I would go in there. He said, you can come in anytime, look at any of the books, take them and use them. They're as good as yours as mine. I was looking through his books one day, and I saw the spine that said Schofield Reference Bible. Well, I had heard of Schofield, but I didn't know anything about him. But I knew that the famous and the great preacher, R.G. Lee, who used to be the pastor of Bellevue Baptist, I knew that he used a Schofield Bible. And so I opened it up just out of curiosity to see what it looked like, and out dropped a laminated card. And at the top it said, Romans Road. It was a simple way to lead someone to Christ using only verses from the book of Romans. And basically what you could do is this. Open up the book of Romans and go to uh, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All right, then you go from there. God demonstrated his love toward us. Romans 5.8. And then Romans Romans 3.23, Romans 5.8, and then Romans 6.23, and then Romans 10 verses 9 and 10, and then verse 13. Verse 13 says, with the confession of the mouth, the Lord Jesus, you believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. The confession of the mouth means to speak. And so the Romans road is this. You can take your Bible, underline Romans road, put in the margin, Romans 5, 8. 
Underline Romans 5.8, put in the margin, Romans 6.23. Underline 6.23, put in the margin, Romans 10.9 and 10. And then beside Romans 10.9 and 10, you can put verse 13. That way, you don't have to memorize all the verses. You got it in your Bible. You got your cheat notes in the margin going from one to the next. But when it comes to the confession of the mouth of the Lord Jesus, at that point you say, right now, I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer where you can ask Christ to come into your heart. That's the confession of the mouth of the Lord Jesus. I highly recommend the Romans Road. If you say, I don't know how to witness to somebody, I highly recommend you using the Romans Road. It'll be a huge blessing to you. Years ago now, I was teaching a young couples class at Bellevue Baptist Church, and I was actually teaching on how to witness to somebody, and I gave them the example of the Romans Road, and I showed them how to use the Romans Road to share Christ with someone. And then my inreach leader, her name was Julie, she made up a little laminated card to give to everybody in the class that had the Romans Road on it. And so there was one particular girl, I think her name was Christy, but anyway, she put it in her purse at Sunday school, didn't think any more about it. And everybody took a copy of the Romans road out and they went home from there. Well, later that week, just so happened, she had a relative in the hospital and they had called the family together because it looked like the relative was going to pass away. And that relative was beginning to say, what happens when I die? Where do I go? How do I get to heaven? And so the family was standing around the bed as this person was struggling with knowing, how do I get to heaven? And nobody in the family knew how to help her. And then all of a sudden, the family began to look at this one young lady because they knew that she went faithfully to Bellevue Baptist Church. So they started looking at her like, surely you can help her. And she was paralyzed by fear because she didn't know how. And then the Holy Spirit reminded her of the Romans Road card that was in her purse. She went and got it out of her purse and she read through that outline, and that relative prayed to receive Christ. Amen? Amen. It's so simple. We have to get over our nervousness. The fear of rejection wouldn't matter in eternity, the slight awkwardness of time. Robert Murray McShane said that. If somebody rejects you, what does it matter? It doesn't matter. The truth is this. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. You can reject me. And after you get through rejecting me a hundred times, I'm still in Christ and Christ is still in me and I have a home in heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. So you keep going and you keep witnessing for the Lord. And I would encourage you to read through Romans 3.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 6.23, Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13, and use that to lead other people to Christ. Also, keep gospel tracts, whether these that I brought or the ones that Memphis Union Mission have or the local church that you might go to. Keep a gospel tract with you at all times to give to somebody as you live your life. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.